This is Tracy Trapeski, founder of Thriving Forward Mastermind. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got the founder of Thriving Forward Mastermind, Tracy Trapeski. We get into the reason you should figure out your why. Tracy shares with us what it was like to lose 80% of her revenue as COVID hit, but what it allowed her to open up to, and how one of her members in her mastermind is now following her dreams and making it in the world of music. Check it out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show where you know, I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of the Thriving Forward Mastermind, Tracy Trapeski. Tracy, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, when the listeners out there realize all the unbelievable nuggets that you're dropping and thought bombs that you're dropping out there today, and they're like, hey, I want to work with her. I want to jam with her. What is the best way for them to reach out to you either through social or personally to connect with you? They can find me on LinkedIn with my name, Tracy Cherpeski, C-H-E-R-P-E-S-K-I, or they can go to my website at tracycherpeski.com. Awesome. Easy to find it. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be in the blog that we do. We'll make sure that it's everywhere. It'll be in the success finder. There's not a way that you are not going to be able to find how awesome Tracy is. So let's uh, let's dive into it. You know, our ability to learn from different people has really changed over the last five, 10 years, in my opinion. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers around us. And then eventually, you know, family, friends, coworkers. But that's really a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Besides the obvious, you know, that we have the internet at our fingertips and we can Google anything, it's being able to connect with people from far-flung places. You know, I have these great connections with people in Australia, and I've met a few people virtually in South Africa, all over the U.S. without having to travel, lots of people in Canada and Europe. And it's just, that to me is the biggest thing, is being able to make those connections and learn from people and their experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the main thing. I mean, I say it in the beginning of the show the best way to learn is from other people's experiences. If you can learn from someone that's already seen around that corner, already made that mistake, whether they're in your industry or not, it's pretty dang powerful. Yeah, for sure. We have, again, you know, as we're learning from different people and we have access to more people, we're also able to take in more information than ever before. It, It can be confusing really at the end of the day with the amount of information that's out there. Some people, they learn from mentors, coaches, masterminds, accountability partners, online courses, lots of ways to learn, obviously. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you find them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, The most recent thing that I have engaged in is a leadership course through a company called World Legacy. I've just completed the first round of what they have, break it into sections. And so I just did the first breakthrough and we'll do a second breakthrough and then we go into leadership and, and 
they're not secretive, but they don't give a lot of information because they don't want you to decide already whether this is going to work for you or not. You get to decide as you go. And so that's been huge already. I'm just, you know, I think a quarter of the way through and already I got up Monday morning after completing the first round and, and that was just yesterday. And I've gotten so much done by, by 8.59 AM. I remember this so clearly I thought, wow, it must be lunchtime (laughs) because I had gotten so much done. I was able to get into flow really quickly by learning, you know, how to kind of break down some of those mental barriers that keep us from, from taking action steps. I'm currently involved in two masterminds, which I'm leading, but let me tell you something. I learned so much from the participants. So, you know, every, I'm furiously taking notes, one, to be able to reflect back, but also because I'm thinking that is such a great nugget. I need to, I'm going to incorporate that into my thinking and I'm going to take this action step or somebody might have a resource or, you know, so there's, there, those are really important. These are just everyday entrepreneurs who are out there doing great things and come into the mastermind and, you know, are very humble and vulnerable and willing to share. And so we learn a lot about our mindset, but we also learn a lot about getting stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. And Hey, we usually wait till the end of the show and we'll, we'll bring it in as well at the end, but you mentioned something, it was eight 59 and you're like, it must be lunchtime. So what was that nugget that you implemented or something that caused the ability for you to sit there and be like, I've gotten so much done already. If you wouldn't mind dropping that one already. So you know, I teach this stuff and I'm really good at teaching it to others. And what I learned was that I wasn't allowing myself to have it all the time. I was giving it to myself sometimes and I would fill up my morning with a to-do list. I think that is almost worse than checking your email first thing, right? It's kiss of death. So for me, I got up yesterday and I was like, I have so many things I didn't finish last week because I was in this course I'm going to just wipe those off my plate. I did not write anything down. I sat down. I started firing off emails. I Then I was like, oh, right. I wanted to work on this one thing for my podcast. So I went over and I did that. And then I thought, okay, oh, I need this to do this other thing. So what, what happened was I got up in the morning and I asked myself, what am I committed to today? That was it. What am I committed to? And I was committed to clearing the decks and clearing the way. And I did that between 8.15 and 8.59. Wow. An entire week like in minutes. like side of like 45 minutes. I did. And I thought, I really, I need lunch now. And I was like, oh, I just need breakfast and coffee. I'm good. You know, <laughs> what am I going to, now what I'm going to you know, finish. So then I asked myself again, what am I committed to? What am I committed to finishing today? What am I committed to really committed to? And by midday, I had gotten a whole chunk of other things done. And then I had a series of calls and, but I was done getting, you know, the work done. And I could go and do the thing that I do, which is, you know, meet with my clients and, and have my calls and meetings and all of that. Wow. Beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that with us early. We'll come to the end and I'm going to probably ask you something else to share with us, but you mentioned it right there. I'm like, you finished half a day by 8.59. Got to know more. So, all right. A lot of people, they get stuck and they don't know how to execute what's in their head. We're still going through a pandemic. To me, it's causing or I would say creating a reset in how we're able to accomplish things as a society, as a person, as a, with the give mentality. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset yourself and get unstuck? I personally, when, when the pandemic, well, when the lockdown happened early March, um, where I'm at, had almost all of my first quarter going into second quarter business diminished. Like everything I had planned, I had a lot of live events. I was going to be teaching a lot of workshops and whatnot. And that was also going to be part of my client creation. 
So all of my plans for the year, about 80% of my business or potential business tanked. Normally that would probably have put me in the fetal position and freaked out. But I thought, well, I'm not the only person who's going through this. Like probably a good portion of the population. And I'm fortunate enough to be married to somebody who's employed at a steady corporation. So we didn't have to worry too much. So I just decided to clear my head and I had these masterminds planned. I went out to the garden and I did a bunch of stuff. And then I came back and I said, okay, I've got these masterminds planned. One of them, I'm not planning on launching until later. I'm going to open it up now. And the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to waive the fee for anybody who really cannot afford it. And I'm not going to ask them to justify it. I'm going to ask them to just decide whether it makes sense. The one thing I was asking, which was the, you know, the cost air quotes here was a commitment of one year. I had eight spots open. I filled all eight spots by the end of the first week. And I interviewed everybody and made sure that they were a good fit. So, and the second mastermind I opened a little bit later, I kept its original start date and also filled that very quickly. It originally was going to be for three months. I was testing out this this concept of a three-month and we extended it to the end of the year. So it's ended up being a nine-month. And a couple of people dropped off. They couldn't maintain the commitment. They hadn't, hadn't planned for that. So one, that just helped me get to work and do my thing and be able to show up for people. So that helped me get unstuck. And then through the process of facilitating these masterminds, I didn't have to teach anybody anything. You know, that's not what a mastermind is about, but I needed to show up in the right energy so that I could bring people up or bring them in based on on how I could read them. So we do it via Zoom so I can at least see their body language. And so it it helped me come back to service. All the fear had to, it was still there. I'm not going to lie and pretend like I am totally fearless because I'm not. But I was able to bypass that fear that might hold me in the same place and just charge forward and be there for people. Because at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the day, my goal is to be there for people and to support them into their highest version of themselves and their businesses and lives. Yeah, and the amazing thing is when you're being there for them, they're also being there for you. You don't even have to ask it. You know, it's the best support system. It's awesome. It is. I've learned so much. You know, I don't think of myself as any more of an expert than anybody else in there. I just have a skill set to manage a group. I mean, I have lots of other skill sets, but where the mastermind was concerned, I wasn't showing up trying to to be anything. I was just showing up and and creating this space. Create the space, be a facilitator and Mm -hmm. guide the journey to where you want to go. And, you know, speaking of masterminds, they've been around for a hot minute. Probably the original mastermind, as I say, was the Apostles. And then Benjamin right. Franklin creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. And then there's this guy that you and I spoke about here right before we hopped on called Napoleon Hill. And mm-hmm. he really defines the world of masterminds and what it is. I can still hear his nasally voice in the black and white video on YouTube. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever checked it out. I have. I'm going to go back now. It's been a there while. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so to me, there's been this huge boom in self-education moving away from standardized education. Where do you see the differences between self and standardized education going forward? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you know, I think you and I chatted when we met the first time about this. I have multiple degrees. I believe that they've helped me get to where I am. They helped me in the corporate world. They opened doors for me and all of that. However, none of what I studied in school prepared me for what I'm doing now. Not really. I mean, it didn't, it didn't, right? But I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't know how to ask for help because in an MBA program, this is so interesting. They teach you how to do it all yourself, you know? (laughs) But I got a great piece of advice from my accounting professor in my MBA program. And he said, 
it was, you know, kind of sprinkled with all kinds of profanity. He was this really hilarious, crass um, Englishman. And he said, tell me again your background. What did you study? And so I told him, you know, I, I have a degree in French. And he's like, and you're in an MBA program. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So here's what you need to know about accounting. Memorize and dump and hire good accountants. Just get through this class, get a beer better so that it looks good on your transcripts and, and move on with your life. And that really stuck with me, not because I'm not good at accounting or I hated it or whatever, but because there are certain things that we just, we don't really need them. We may need to understand at least the, the functionality and the benefit of having that in our lives. So a long way to come to the point, which is I believe that the current educational system, by the way, my kids are in public schools. They're both in high school. They're both on track to go to university, but we have a lot of side conversations about, about school. So I believe what's going to happen, especially since so many school standard school systems have been forced into a different way of educating right now. Like we're still online in our school district. They're maybe going to do a hybrid at the end of February, assuming we can get numbers down with COVID, right? So they are being forced to be more creative, to be more collaborative in the learning process. I don't think this is universal. I think we're very lucky to live in this tiny little bubble of university town academics. So we have, you know, this incredible system. But I believe that that's part of the way forward is how are we going to build the full person? We need to be I appreciate universities. I, you know, all of that. But I think we need to be training people and and helping them grow into their potential. So we might need to learn certain things to be able to pass state exams or whatever. And if that doesn't change, then that's not going to change. There has to be some measurement, right? But what if we prepare people to be ready to enter the workforce or create something of their own when they're done with high school, regardless of what they do afterwards? I don't believe that we do that now. I think people leave high school very unprepared and you don't really have much of a choice but to work something or to force yourself into something or try to get into university. So I, I believe that all these tools that we've seen developed over time are going to start to cross over. And as long as we can call it an education to satisfy our state governments, that's going to be that's going to be the way forward. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about you know when you're saying like, are we preparing the students that are in in high school, you know, going forward? And fortunately, I, I had um, you know a pretty good work ethic, and I had to get a job because I knew I was going to have to pay for continuing education. And so I just listened. I listened to all the business people, everything they were saying. But there's trade school, there's college. And then there's like, hey, whatever you're just going to go do. And, yeah. and there's nothing that's really filling that void and sitting while they're in that, that high school classroom saying, hey, listen, it might be this, it might be this, it might be something else, but like, you got to start focusing on that now. And if you don't yeah. have that, if you don't have that household that helps you with it, and so many students don't, what is there out there? And that's, that's a scary thought. It is a scary thought. And it's leaving, you know, we see generationally that, you know, I'm not better off than my parents were yeah. and they don't have college education. Yeah. So I do. I have two master's degrees, by the way. I'm doing well, but you know, my parents were multimillionaires. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Takes time. And you have to find out what's important <laughs> to you is, is it, yeah. you know, becoming a multimillionaire, is that what's important or is it the lifestyle that you have? And yeah. I, I'm going to have to say it's the lifestyle because you, you and I talked about that again, off, off camera yeah. and off audio. Yeah. It's what you have there from D.C. to Carolinas, like Ugh. night and day. Yeah, nothing against D.C. It's just for me was a hard place to live after a certain period of time. And, you know, money is not the thing for me. I strive to, you know, make more and invest more and do all of those things. And I have my goals and all of that. But, you know, 
I am better off than my parents in terms of my happiness and my connection to doing something that I love. My father was a businessman who ended up buying an existing business and then revamping it to be something that was really solid and recession-proof and took really good care of his employees. And I paid really close attention to that. And I'm really thankful for that because here's this guy who <laughs> he told stories about how he'd sneak out of the parking lot driving slunk down in his car as if his teachers didn't know he was driving his car. And he would skip class most of the time and just like graduated by the skin of his teeth and, you know, became a successful businessman by working really hard and being extremely determined to create a financial legacy for himself and for his family. You know, I feel extremely fortunate to have grown up that way. I also learned and a very strong work ethic from him. My mom worked in the world of insurance and she, you know, she liked what she did, but it was kind of a default for her. She just did it because she needed to work. Yeah. And then she did it because she wanted but, to. I mean, that's the, the work ethic is something you can't go to school for. It's you, you have, it's inherited. You learn it, you see it, and then you want it. That's, yeah. that's a big thing. So, you know, kind of going on to when people invest, you know, your father invested in his family's future and his employees' future. So when people typically invest in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get. We're able to have an expectation of what the outcome is going to be. What should people expect when they enter your reality, your mastermind? They can expect to be challenged. They can expect from me and from other people in the group a lot of questions and loving pushback when they express limiting beliefs as if it's the truth. They can also expect to be loved from the moment they, they you know, step foot, air quotes again, because it's all virtual. The moment that they enter the space, they are enveloped in love and support. And it's, it maybe takes a while to hit your stride in a mastermind, but the, it's instant, the connection. So, you know, people can expect to come in and be challenged, be supported, come up with great ideas. Uh, there have been a few collaborations through my two groups, the two masterminds that I have that have been like really beautiful. Some are still in progress and they're finding their way forward. But some people just said, I don't know what it is yet, but I want to collaborate with you. And so they're letting that idea come as they each week goes by and as they interact outside of our, our groups, because we have... So we don't use the word accountability. We say harmony partners are, and it's really the same thing, but the punitive implication of, of accountability, I just wanted to wipe that off. And our goal is to create a sense of harmony in our own lives. Balance is a farce. <laughs> Everything is way off balance. If we work a lot, we're not in balance, but we might be creating something that feels harmonious for us, which is you know what balance ought to be, how it ought to be described when we talk about that. So they have their harmony partners and they meet up and I don't even check in on them to ask if they're having their calls. I stopped doing that and I just trust that they are. And if they're not, they'll know that because they won't be getting the value that they said that they wanted. So there's a lot of trust and you know it's not my intention to... To, to parent them, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. I'm not looking to, to micromanage or I don't micromanage my kids at this stage in their lives, but you know, I'm not checking in. Like, did you have your call? Did you do your homework? Did you, you know, did you spend time in reflection like we discussed? I just come in and I, I work on the assumption that they've done it. And if not, they'll share. And that's been, that's been really lovely because people are upping their game big time by being told that, we believe, I believe in them. We believe in one another. So yeah, it rocks. It's really awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Love it. So 
you know, I feel the people that in the rooms that you're putting together, they have a way of surprising us, whether it's their willingness to learn, their drive, whatever it is. Give us a success story of someone that's either currently in or has been through your mastermind. And what was the outcome because of that room that you curated? So one of my participants came in in a little bit of a transitional stage, not sure if they wanted to go apply for veterinary school or sing opera, (laughs) (laughs) right? So, and they currently own their own business, which is how kind of the common thread is that we're all entrepreneurs. So they have a pet care services business and, you know, have a background in veterinary medicine, just not doesn't have the, the veterinary medical degree. So we ask each other questions like, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and you got up in the morning and you were excited, your, your feet hit the ground and you were excited, what would that be? And she said, not being in school. <laughs> so we took it further. And through the process, she realized that what she really wanted was to be a musician, a musician, not necessarily just opera. She plays piano, she sings, she composes music. She found a program in Italy to go study under some of the most prominent opera trainers. And it was set for the summer and it went remote. Worked out really well for her because one, she didn't have to spend the travel money. And two, she had a little bit of time on the outside of those things to explore of her like meetings and classes to explore other things. She joined a Facebook group. And this is all from us asking questions and what else and what else and what else. And now that you've created that feeling, what can you create from that? What can you do? So all of these questions of like, you know, digging into her soul (laughs) and suppose, you know, in a loving and supportive way, she found a songwriting program, which is many, many multiple, I think tens of thousands of dollars, if I remember right. And she's like, well, I can't afford that, but I really want to do it. And so we asked her one of the meetings, well, how could you afford it? And she's like, I don't know. She was really nervous, but we, we kept asking, well, how could you afford it? Like, you know, short of doing crazy things or selling your home or whatever, like, how could you afford it? Like, are there ways around this dilemma of you not having the cash up front? And she said, I'm going to ask if they have a scholarship program. She did. They had already like given all the donate, all the scholarships away, but she kept showing up for the meetings anyway, their free meetings. And she kept asking, wow. do you have one more spot? for scholarship. And she, she was so persistent that they offered her a scholarship (laughs) and she's in the program. Now she's collaborating. They're producing, she's getting her name and her art in front of people in the music business. I don't know where it's, you know, what the final, I don't know that she'll ever have a final product. I don't know exactly where she's headed, but she is now officially a professional musician in the music industry. I predict she'll be making good money off of that in no time. It's incredible. That's, that's amazing. I mean, if you think the power of the right mastermind, right there. Yeah. And the, the love and the support and drawing out of her knowing like, and, and the other thing that has happened, so great, all these things, right? Like her business and her career and all this stuff is looking great. But the most, for me, the biggest piece of satisfaction is that she is completely turned on. Her light is shining so bright and she is, she still has the voices that say all kinds of really untrue things to her, but she is so determined to embody the person that she knows 
is this musician, this creative person. And she refuses to be a starving artist. She's like, I don't buy into that. Yeah. And I was uh, on a call with uh, Jim Quick. I was not interviewing myself, but my coach was, and there was, a, a, you know, there was like 20 or 30 of us on there. I don't know if Jim Quick sounds familiar to you or not. Uh, look him up. Brilliant story. Unbelievable person. But he talks about ants. And ever since he's given us that ants, it's been amazing. Automatic negative thoughts. So as soon as, you know, because we sit there at nighttime and how do we get ourselves to go to bed? Is it positive thoughts, negative thoughts, medium, whatever it is. But anytime an automatic negative thought comes in there and you start playing a scenario out in your head and you're, oh, nope, done. Get rid of the ants. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a great automatic negative thoughts. Yeah, because they come up. Gremlins, you know, whatever. Not mine. It's Jim Quick, thanks to Steve Sims. So just saying, automatic negative thoughts. I'm going to probably do a solo show on that because I think we all have it, no matter who we are. So, Yeah, and we and they're, they don't really go away. We can drown them out with more positive thoughts and by taking inspired action. Nothing builds confidence better than getting really clear about what you want and stepping toward it. Yep. Actually taking action. It might not be the action that gets you to where you're going, but if, if you're paralyzed, you, you overanalyze it, analysis by paralysis, you're not going to get anywhere. So you might as well take that plane off and figure it out as you go along. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, um, I like to use the analogy of like trying to get your car to start if it's a stick shift car and you try to start pushing it and it's so heavy and it's so hard. And those first few steps are so hard, but you got to get your car started, man. You got to, you have to be at work or whatever. Two, three steps in, it's moving, assuming it's not directly uphill and you push, push, push. And before you know it, you're running, you jump in, you pop the clutch and your car starts, you know, like that's life. There are not, everything has to be slogging and really hard, but if you're not sure where to start, just start moving. Just start moving. Yeah. Do something. Action through implementation creates results at the end of the day. So, And if you don't know what to put it toward, you don't have a project, you're not really sure if you're like that kind of stuck, go take a walk. Call somebody you admire. Do something that lifts your spirits and shifts your vibe. Because once you get into a more positive brain space, you create better energy and you can create something really amazing from that space. Join a mastermind. Join a mastermind. Let's talk about something in the area of, you know, when I, when I talk to my coach, I talk to him about yeah. success and our solo shows, we talk about success and what is, what does success really mean? Cause it's a different definition for everyone. And once you define success, that means you've also defined failure at the end of the day. And that's why it's scary. So I think there's a lot of things that go into success. I think, uh, uh, mentorship, getting a coach, uh, experimentation, partnerships, willingness to fail is also a, you know, an area into success. What do you feel as we have such a sensitivity through social media and all the other things out there today? What is a step that you feel is in the right direction in being successful? Just one. <laughs> I would say ask yourself what you really want over and over and over and over again and follow up that question when you get down to what, if you've run out of answers, you're probably there. Ask two more after that. And once you've asked that question and answered it until you're exhausted, now ask what would be possible once I achieve it? There's, there's more steps, but yeah, just keep going. And what else? What do you want? And why? 
and, you know, and then with each of those, like, and what's possible and what else is possible. And, and really it's, you know, it's a Socratic method. You just keep asking until you run out of answers because we bury a lot of our desires with other people's expectations, with what we've been taught, with what we might have looked at somebody else's success and decided we wanted to try that on. Go ahead and try it on, but keep asking the question and what else and what else and what else. Yeah. Ask it over and over again. Don't, don't just accept the answer is what you're saying is like, and why, and why, and why? Right. But like the lotus flower, <laughs> we don't get to the pretty picture until we've put our roots down in the nasty muck and dug through it. And even that can be pleasurable if we're finding our way toward what we want. So, but yeah, it's not, it's not, um, not to paint a picture of like grueling, horrid, you know, difficult, but like we do, we have to do the work. We have to do the work and we can do it with a sense of gratitude and, and joy and anticipation and awe, but the work still has to be there. So if anybody enters your field and acts like they're an overnight success, they are bold face lying to you. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's tough when you look at someone else's success, you don't know what it took to get there. The ugliness and, and, and the gut wrenching hours, that's the stuff you don't see. You only get to see the final pretty picture. And that's why we're creating the success finder because we don't want that, that coach or that mentor, that mastermind to show up. My analogy is this, like I rented the camera, I rented the photographer, I rented the fancy car, but I, and, and I, I got the, the money gun, but I spent all my money and I couldn't afford to put real money in it. So it was monopoly money shooting out for my social media post. Is that who you want teaching you? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very turned off by that. I mean, I appreciate nice things. I love, you know, I, I drive a Toyota. I couldn't care less, but you know, it's a good car and it does what I need it to do. I don't care. That's not where my thing is. I love nice cars. I do, but my goal isn't there. Right. And, and, and I'm not knocking if somebody's like, I want a Lamborghini. I've always wanted a Lamborghini. Go for that Lamborghini. Just recognize that that's not really what success is. The success is the pleasure in getting there. Really the success to me, and we can define what that means, but the, the success is the journey toward the goals. Yeah, no, absolutely. Success for me when it came to a car was paying off my car. Right? You know? <laughs> I was like, I have a hybrid. <laughs> it, it, we call it Marcus. He's smart and he's attractive and he gets great gas mileage. There you go. Way to go, Marcus. And I'll drive him until he dies. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Marcus. Absolutely. So, well, there's, yeah. there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. It's like, it's easy to win when the world is winning, but I think ingenuity and creativity really come when we feel the squeeze and, um, you know, we're feeling the squeeze still. What are you working on right now? That's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you. So I've got a couple of things that I'm doing. One is a podcast, which I'm launch launching in January, January 13th to be specific, called The Entrepreneur Mindset Reset. I really shied away from doing it for a while. So, and I had all kinds of what I would have called really, you know, logical excuses for not doing it. And it was all BS because I just was keeping myself from doing it. So I got up one day and I said, I'm going to do, I'm just going to do this podcast. I think this is going to be really valuable. I'm very intentional. I'm going to have these great conversations. We're going to share tips and it's going to be like going out for drinks with a bunch of friends, but friends 
who are in the same world that you're in. So when we get together, everything else shuts down and we just have these great conversations. So I started that. I, I'm still learning how to do some of it, but I've got till January and, um, and I'll outsource at the last minute, I'm sure, if I can't figure something out. So right now I'm just, you know, in interviewing and having a great time. And I'm excited to share that with the world. So far, the interviews that I've done are just, like I said, it's like everything, all, everything else shuts down and we get into this energy similar to a mastermind where we're just, we're talking back and forth. And, you know, sometimes I forget to ask the questions I wrote down and it doesn't even matter now. So those are, I'm excited to share that with the world. I do not currently have any masterminds booked for next year. And I would normally tell people, don't hesitate, don't wait, whatever. I feel very strongly and intuitively that I need to pause and assess where my time is better spent so that I can come back when I do another mastermind and be really of high service. So I don't know when that's going to be. I'm not sure, but I know I'll do, I'll probably do a couple more next year. And I am actually one of my clients. I'm very excited to share this because I came out of a meditation one morning and said, I really want to be more involved locally. I'm a transplant to the Raleigh area from DC. I'm finally have squeezed all the DC, I think all of the DC out of me. And I'm like, you know, a calmer human now. And I have time. I've created time. I want to be part of something. And then a potential client came through the pipeline who was a referral And she is building a wellness clinic that serves, that's going to be in downtown Raleigh, that's serving underserved populations. And it's going to be everything from counseling services to acupuncture, to to physical therapy, to whatever other medical needs. And I'm putting together a team for her for grant writing and for, for her marketing. She'll have two different marketing campaigns for this and whatnot. But her heart, you know, she wants to serve people who want to, are the worried well, we call them, you know, people who have money who can come in and spend it on their wellness. And that's great, right? That's, that'll generate the funds to support the, the underserved communities. And her heart is in helping people have a better life by improving their health. The one thing that we, you know, if we don't have it, makes life even harder. You've, you've had so much in 2020. You're going to have so much more in 2021. People like you and I, we don't look like, hey, I need to, I need to get through this month because 2021 is going to be so much better. We have so much more to still accomplish. There's still three weeks or so left. This episode won't air till next year, but like, there's just so much more to accomplish. Like why rush to something? Your, your position's not going to change just by running somewhere else. So that's a great analogy. I like that. Yes. Awesome. Um, all right. Last thing, as you already gave us a little bit, you've given us a lot. Let me rephrase that. But what is a tip, tactic, or actionable item that if someone listening today implemented it, Today, they'd see real results over the next 30, 60, 90 days, whether it's in the personal or business life. Get incredibly clear about why you want to do something. If you can get really in touch with that why and don't censor yourself. If it's, I'm going to go back to the car analogy. If it's, I want a Ferrari, then hang in there tight. Why is that Ferrari important to you? Why, why, why? I keep asking that why. You know, it probably comes down to something like I really enjoy you know, whatever, this luxury and whatever. So, but why? Why do you want that luxury? What does it mean to you? It's not just status. It's something else, right? If you get really, when you get really clear on that why, you become the best kind of bulldozer ever because nothing will stand in your way. And you just have to reconnect to that every day. I love it. Get clear on your why. That's really important, no matter what it is. So Tracy, 
I appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. I look forward to our future collaboration and what we're going to build going forward. We've got Tracy Trapeski, founder of Thriving Ford Mastermind. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing The Mastermind Effect.